Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Welcome back to the Monica Matthews Show, Life, Love, and Liberty. We're going to have an acoustic version of my show uh, probably for the next week or two. Um, I am out in the wild blue yonder uh, getting some work done that's very important to the cause of liberty. Um, yeah, <laughs> so it's just going to be the two of us. Uh, I'm not going to have any intro and outro music and all that fun stuff, um, but it's just me. And so tonight I wanted to talk about many of you are um, anticipating, as, as, um, as I am, <clears throat> excuse me, and others, as we wait for the Supreme Court of the United States to decide whether or not they're actually going to move forward. It's going to take four justices to decide whether or not to move forward with the cases that are before them now regarding, um, I believe it's Georgia, Pennsylvania, Michigan, um, and the voter fraud that um, is alleged in those states. Um, honestly, it's not even about the voter fraud in Georgia as much as um, people were – cheated out of equal protection in the state of Georgia because where there were there were two different there was a, a different set of standards for people who submitted their ballots absentee and for those who showed up in person um, to cast their vote so it, it wasn't the same requirement. Actually, there was more of a burden put on the person who showed up to vote in person than that of the person who decided to vote via absentee ballot. And that was altered ultimately because of an agreement between Brad Raffensperger's office, who was the Secretary of State, um, and the DNC, as well as the, Ful- as well as the Fulton County Board of Elections. So you, you've got an issue there. So there was an unconstitutional, uh, basically I'm going to call it in quote, amendment made to, there's actually law created outside of the purview of the Georgia State Legislature, which if you know anything about law making, excuse me, versus execution, the Georgia State Legislature has the final say whenever it comes to election law. And how that is executed is incumbent upon your Secretary of State's office as well as your uh, Board of Elections uh, in different counties. Um, so that's 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 the order of of hierarchy. So so we're waiting on, you know, I kind of feel like we're waiting on the Pope, right? Like we're waiting for the Vatican smoke to arise uh, to know which Pope has uh, has been elected, if you will. So as we wait for the Supreme Court to to do the right thing or to show us just how compromised they are um, by way of delaying. What what is very clearly black and white in the law, uh, if these things are delayed, 
or they are shot down entirely, and the Supreme Court will not take up these cases to be um, in conference, to be to be heard rather, then that's going to tell us a lot about the judiciary of this company of this country, rather from the bottom all the way up to the top. And uh, I think it's fair to say that we can watch the current witch hunt of um, of Attorney Lynn Wood by way of the Georgia Bar Association and their disciplinary panel that consists of people who are not attorneys, people who do not live in the state of Georgia. One person in particular who has shown a gross negligence of um, of objectivity and professionalism, uh, who is also on that disciplinary committee. She is a district attorney of DeKalb County in Atlanta, Georgia. Uh, her name is Sherry Boston. My personal story uh, with Sherry Boston, and I will be providing uh, uh, additional exhibits, if you will, um, to to prove what I'm telling you is true. Not that I have to, but it, it was pretty egregious. I was ultimately castigated on social media, on Twitter, uh, by a very well-known media personality here in the Atlanta area. At the time, I had just been fired about two months before this happened, maybe even longer than that. I was fired from WSB Radio um, for, quote, budgetary reasons um, in, in May. I believe it was May 19th, if I'm not mistaken, or it was April 19th, uh, April or May. Uh, a couple of months after that, we suffered through the riot, the burning of Atlanta, and I criticized the, quote, journalistic integrity uh, and poor, poor reporting um, that was entirely in favor of the mob of Black Lives Matter and Antifa, uh, making fun of law enforcement officers, and I, I don't take lightly to that. So I criticized this particular anchor who is not worthy of being mentioned. Um, she, in, in turn, uh, retweets to her followers implying that I'm some kind of a racist because she's gone through my Twitter feed and seen where, you know, I'm not a big fan of Black Lives Matter. It was right there on my profile, so I don't make it a secret. Um, and she purports to not know who I am, which is not true. So she comes after me, uh, thinks that she has succeeded in smacking me down, uh, publicly, nationally. It does turn into quite media spectacle here locally and nationally, more so within the state of Georgia and more specifically the city of Atlanta. And I have, you know, uh, it turns into a media spectacle, so I'm answering questions for local media, who is also part of this trifecta cabal uh, called uh, WSB, the AJC and WC Radio. So Channel 2 Action News is in that. So my former station television station um, proceed to lob bombs my way um, regarding, you know, they would never, um, they don't appreciate me criticizing or attacking, actually. It was it was characterized as an attack on their uh, talent, uh, their television, their news talent. They don't appreciate that. They would never stand for it. They implied that they fired me for essentially racist comments, which in a, in a tax on this poor black anchor who just, you know, was just doing her job 
and um, and and I was just being unprofessional. Well, as the story goes, I was fired months before this incident occurred, and um, that's not why I was fired at all. Mischaracterization number one. Fast forward to District Attorney Sherry Boston, who picks this story up and declares sisterhood, uh, in quotes, with her uh, friend, uh, who's the news anchor, and basically implies, you know, get her. That would be me. Um, and, um, and it alludes to you just can't hide behind, you know, your black husband, and my husband's deceased, and he, he was black, and and Cherokee Indian, and I have a biased daughter. And so I can't hide behind my racism by decrying that, you know, I have I have black affiliations. Now, this is a district attorney. This is someone who is supposed to uphold due process and the order of law with a blindfold. Now, I'm going to ask you, Does that sound like someone who needs to be sitting on a disciplinary panel for the Georgia State Bar who is attempting to literally assassinate, annihilate the body of work, the career, the reputation, any potential future earnings, the heart and soul and mind of an individual who has practiced law faithfully for 43 years? Does that sound like someone with the character and with the objectivity and professionalism who needs to be making that type of a decision. To celebrate someone attacking me based on false allegations of racism while simultaneously mocking me and accusing me of being a bigot and racist on an open social media platform in her official capacity, not on her DeKalb County page on her personal page. You don't just stop being an official when you go to your personal page. I'm pretty sure the left has taught us a lot of things, not the least of which is that. So you don't get to turn those things off and on, especially when you are representing the rule of law and due process. Justice, my friends, is not blind. She has been molested. Her scales have been ripped from her hands. Her eyes are completely unblindfolded. They're wide open to whatever bias of the day there happens to be. And our fake mainstream news media perpetuates it. Sisterhoods, brotherhoods, cabals, chains of pedophilia, systems within systems, they all make this work on both sides of the aisle. It's not just Democrats. It's Republicans as well. So I have lived this firsthand. So imagine my surprise when I see Sherry Boston's name on the disciplinary committee for the Atlanta Bar Association. And you're going to tell me, and she's not the only person, whose lack of ability to be objective has, uh, has, been, has been not only proven in my own personal life, Uh, But there are other instances as well, which I'm sure in the coming days you will all be privy to more information about folks on the Georgia Bar Disciplinary Panel. Now, speaking of disciplinarians, so the scripture that jumped out at me tonight was Daniel 3 as it pertains to justice. Remember, we've been talking about 
being in the desert. Our last podcast, if you missed it, I highly encourage you to go back and listen. Um, it is completely born of the Holy Spirit. It is um, it is meant to feed you, to sustain you, to give you uh, water in a dry desert right now where the country feels like it's in a dry desert, especially for those of you who understand that it's not time to move on from the molestation of your vote, from the actual hijacking of the nation, from a successful, what appears to be, albeit it could be temporarily, um, a successful coup in this country, it is incumbent upon you to stay plugged in. And as I've said in my previous shows, it's very easy right now that we're out in the desert to begin to worship our own golden calf. And that can come in the way of fear, um, addiction, confusion, doubt, unbelief, criticism, envy, jealousy, murder with the tongue, blasphemy, any number of things. You name it, it could absolutely take us over during this time of being in the desert. I've, and, and I want to remind you, I did not say that our four years with President Trump was indicative of Egypt in no way, shape, or form. On the contrary, eight, the eight years prior to President Trump was absolutely our time in Egypt. Um, our promised land, is, it's kind of an interesting transition as I see it. Our promised land, it's like, it's almost like, oh, okay, thank you, Holy Spirit. Maybe the way we can look at this now is that we, we were brought out of Egypt as eight years with Obama. We were actually out in the desert, um, but God provided four years of going into um, the promised land. Like, I believe President Trump is our uh, Moses slash, you know, I don't know, maybe an Aaron is going to um, emerge in all of this and carry us over into uh, the promised land. But I believe that we could, oh, this is good, this is so good. I hadn't even thought of it this way. If you listen to the last podcast about us being in the desert, you'll, you'll see that I was in real time. You know, I'm like, all right, Father, what does this actually mean, right? How, how do I, how do I um, characterize what I'm seeing in the spirit and what I'm feeling in my spirit, which is we are out in a desert, and I know that because I read your post. I see the confusion. I see the despair. I see the despondency. I see all of that. And I get your emails on top of that. And I see how you respond to Lynn on my channel. So I know there's a lot of this going on. And I see the gratitude with which you, you know, um, you engage me and Lynn on my channel um, about what's happening in the world and your uh steadfast faith about it, but also just wavering and good grief, what do we do? What's really going on? And when is this going to change? And what about the Supreme Court? And what if? And who knows? And all of this. And so that tells me that there's, you do feel like we are in a desert, right? So I've said in my last podcast, I was like, well, maybe, you know, Donald Trump brought us out into the promised land, but there's all of this stuff, this cabal, this grotesque, incestuous, sick, filthy, child trafficking, you know, monetary system underneath the promised land that the Lord is getting ready to pull the plug on and drain entirely. And all of this had to happen for that to happen. Now I'm just kind of rethinking that, or maybe in addition to an, an alternative way of looking at this or an approach would be um, to see this as maybe we have been out in the desert. How cool is that? If the past four years of this country's life has been in a desert, with God, and he provided us 
um, a, a, an archetype of Moses in the desert, right, who literally came down, you could consider the Constitution like our Ten Commandments, right, nationally. I'm just making, you know, comparisons here, analogous to. Um, and, and we got back to the root and the heart of the country, right? We were, we were reminded of our identity, which ultimately is what God did through Moses in the desert, was to remind his children, was to teach his children who they are. So whenever they went into the promised land, they wouldn't squander it. They would no longer be slaves. They wouldn't turn back. They wouldn't be afraid. They wouldn't doubt God's uh, power. So over the past four years, he's given us this amazing gift in the person of Donald J. Trump, right? And we've gotten, oh, my gosh, promises made, promises kept. Go look it up for yourself. The economy's booming, best economy in history, the most uh, prosperity and opportunity and jobs for, for minorities across the board in history. Like there are historical moments. He refers to our God as Father. That's historical. That is historical, right? That's a historical marker in the earth. And so he takes us out into the desert. God provides more than enough in the way of abundance, of manna, um, knowledge, enlightenment, right? But here we are. It appears that we've been robbed. We are about to enter into a promised land where Donald Trump says to us on his way out, in quote, out, um, the best is yet to come. This is so good, y'all. You, y'all better say amen. This is so good. I hadn't even thought about this until right now. Thank you, Holy Spirit. I love it whenever he just takes over my show, which he should always, but sometimes my flesh gets in the way and I don't lie. And if you listen to me for any length of time, you know that's true. So, the God is merciful. And thank you for sticking with me. So, yes, I love that. And that should give you hope tonight that in the desert, he has provided with this nation with Donald Trump. We are getting ready to enter into our promised land. I absolutely believe that. And every bit of hell has risen up against us because it's writhing, because we're not going to take hell with us into the promised land. We're not going to take the same monetary systems. We're not taking the same pedophiles. We're not taking the same liars and cheats and bigots. We're not taking the same fear mongers. We're not taking the same liars in the way of media and, uh, you know, psychological warfare geniuses that work against our psyche, our God-given psyche, to be able to reason and see things truly for what they are um, and to hope and to live in peace with one another, to live in joy, to live in prosperity on every level. We're not taking those devils into the promised land with us. Amen? So I feel like we're on the precipice of this. I feel like we are right on the verge of this. I don't know what that means. I don't know how many months or how many days or how many weeks or it could be a few years. I don't know. But I know in the spirit that's what I see and that's what I feel, and it has been given to me by the grace and the mercy of God. And I hope it bears witness with your spirit. I'm not some wackadoo, you know, I don't have a word for everybody. I'm not that Christian. But I do believe that God is still alive. I believe Jesus is still alive. I believe the Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit is still alive, and he speaks to us today. So, in the name of Jesus, I feel that, and I pray in the blood of Christ that you can receive what I just said. So that it's soul for your, it, 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 it's nurturing for your soul. It is food for your soul. It's water for your thirsty soul right now. It's brain food for your mind of Christ. It is hope to your bones that feel a little dry and brittle right now. It is life to your immune system in your bones that it would rise up and serve you. It is hope and peace and rest for your heart that's been troubled lately. 
that's what this message is about. I was also reminded that during this time of great ridicule and watching what Lynn and Sydney and the president and General Flynn and others and Mike Lindell have all gone through recently and others as well, uh, Jovan uh, Pulitzer, uh, Bobby Python, other people who are like stalwarts, man. I mean, like they are the front line defense of the country right now under massive attack. And so I was thinking about, you know, Meshach, Shadrach, and Abednego, right? Abednego. And this is during the time of um, uh, King, uh, hold on, uh, I, I was going to say Belshazzar, but that's his son, Nebuchadnezzar. So in the book of Daniel in 3, it talks about these three men who were, they were Jews, and they were given um, reign over certain provinces in, in Babylon, right? And so they were given specific duties and tasks in these provinces. And word gets back to the king that these three are not bowing down to the same what? Golden calves. Golden calves, we're back to that. They're not bowing to the same golden images that King Nebuchadnezzar has declared are his sacred gods or his deities, and everyone in the land should bow down to these things. And these three are like, nope, not going to happen. Love you, King Nebuchadnezzar, King Neb, King N, but uh, we're, not, we're not going down that road. Well, it angers him. He brings them forth. He throws them into the fire. He turns the fire, you know, like a hundred times hotter than seven times hotter than it should be, ten times hotter, whatever it is. Forgive me. Uh, it's a, it's really hot. It's like hell hot. Okay, it's like it's like super bad hot, and it should have fried them. It should have killed them. It should have burned them into ashes. It should have desecrated their image and their likeness. It should have defiled their image and their likeness. It should have destroyed their lives. It should have destroyed their reputations. It should have destroyed and and depleted their finances. It should have destroyed any opportunity for them in the present or the future. It should have have wiped out their legacy. Sound familiar? It should have, in the in the verbiage of the world and the secular church, canceled them. Instead, the king looks into the fire and sees not only three people, but four. And the word says in Daniel that it appeared to be the Son of Man. The Son of God is in the fire with them. There are four people, and they're kind of chilling, like they're dancing, they're hanging out, right, in the middle of this furnace fire. And, and the king's like, what the heck is going on in there? Like, you guys should be dead by now, right? But these guys are having a Holy Ghost moment. They're having a Holy Ghost party. Not a single hair on their head was singed. They came out and didn't even smell like smoke. So I declare in the name of Jesus Christ, tonight, on this night that the Supreme Court is more than likely fighting it out and the, and the Ephesians 6 and 12 war is happening, and we've already declared victory on behalf of the 80 million voters in this country. We have absolutely declared victory for the kingdom of God as it relates to the election of 2020, as it relates to every false accusation against patriots that have positively stood for the constitutionality of your vote, for the security of your vote, for the integrity of your vote. We have declared victory over that in the name of Jesus. And so tonight, I declare victory over the lives of Sidney Powell, of General Michael Flynn, of Donald J. Trump, of Mike Lindell, of, of 
of Lucian Lincoln Wood, Jr. Calling out the names as I know them. Bobby Python, Jovan Pulitzer, anyone who has been fighting on the front lines with regard, and I mean taken, thrown in the fire, all of you, I declare this night, and, and, I'll, and I could throw myself in there, but I don't want to appear to be self-aggrandizing, uh, uh, but I have taken a few hits myself, but I've already declared that over my life, so I pray and I declare in the name of Jesus that no one that I've just named will come out with a single singe on their head. Not one burn, not one hair follicle will be burnt from this fiery furnace. Not one. Jesus is in this fire with us. He is, he is doing a Holy Ghost dance. He is not moved. He is not afraid. He laughs at his enemies. He mocks his enemies. He knows what's in store for his enemies. And some of you are hoping that it's destruction for your enemies, and I'm going to tell you how the story ends. You ready? And this is the glory and the mighty power of our living God who loves and forgives, whose ways are higher than ours that we cannot understand. And Sherry Boston and others, if you're listening to me right now, I want you to hear me and hear me clear. This is how our God works. His mercies are new every single day. And at the end of that fiery furnace, the king looks in there and he says, bring them out. And they come out, they're not only intact, they smell like nothing, they're completely intact. And he is like so overjoyed by that. You know what he did? He made a decree in the entire land that anyone who ever, let me cry, anyone who ever spoke negatively or against the God of Meshach, Shadrach, and Abednego would suffer dire consequences for it. In other words, King Nebuchadnezzar's heart was happy, it was full, and it was full of belief, and that man's heart and mind were turned over to the living God of Meshach, Shadrach, and Abednego, and Daniel. That is the awesome saving power of God. So any of you listening to my show tonight who feel like you cannot take it another second, you cannot believe all of hell that's being brought up against you, I'm going to tell you something. This is not even about you. This is not about the President Trump. This is not about Sidney Powell. This is not about me. This is not about Lynn Wood. It's not about Mike Lindell, Bobby Python, Javon, none of us. General Flynn, it's not about us individually, but we have been graced and blessed with an honorable calling to bring people to into the kingdom of heaven by virtue of our suffering for truth and what is right. And it hurts, and it's scary, and it's been hell, and it's hot. And uh, some of us have had to fight really hard to hold on to the hand of Jesus and dance and have joy and do anything during this time other than fight, fight, fight. And I'm telling you now, I declare it tonight, and I'm going to let you guys go with this. By the power of the Holy Spirit of God, it is done. We will have victory over the enemy of our souls. And people who appear to be our enemies today are going to be humbled by the power of Almighty Living God, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the Father of Jesus Christ, who in fact has a son, Jesus the Christ of Nazareth, born of a virgin, Mary, son of Joseph, son of Jesse from the shoot and the seed of Jesse, through the lineage of King David. Golly, you guys, that's powerful. 
That is, I hope some of you are just shouting amen from the rooftops right now because that's powerful. And this is like a right now rhema word for this entire country. So if you have access to the president, if you have access to others in leadership who I've just mentioned, and I'll send this to the folks who I know for sure uh, personally, um, I highly encourage you, please, I plead with you to get this message to them because it is, it's God's word and it is done. And we need to be praying for our enemies that they are, that they are repentant, that God gives them place for repentance is what the Bible says. Pray that the Lord gives them place for repentance. So I pray that this entire board, this defamed, uh, completely compromised by the devil, uh, disciplinary board with bogus charges against an innocent man. I pray now in the name of Jesus that those charges are dropped, that this bogus investigation is done. It is literally that that's what burns up in this fiery, this fiery furnace. That all false allegations against anyone I've just mentioned are completely and utterly burned in ashes in this fiery furnace of hell that was meant for the destruction of God's people, I declare tonight that those decrees from Satan's kingdom, kingdom, the kingdom is gone. They are gone. They're completely ashes, and they are scattered to the four winds of the earth in the mighty name of Jesus. I declare it. I decree it. I believe it. And if you believe it with me, say amen. All right. I love you. I've got to go. I'll be back with you, God willing, tomorrow. Uh, continue to pray for me and others. Pray for yourself. Be encouraged, man. Get in the, hey, it's time to be doing a Holy Ghost jig, a Holy Ghost dance. It's time to put on our hope, um, our mind of Christ, our shoes of peace, our breastplate of righteousness, our sword of the spirit, our belt of truth, and get on with it. God goes before us. He goes behind us, and he's all around us. In the name of Jesus, I declare this over your life. I declare this over your life. Live in the joy of the Lord. That is our strength. He died, John 17. Oh, my gosh, I love the book of John. Go read John 17 tonight. John book, uh, chapter 17. It's beautiful. You know, that our joy is complete. That I am in you and you are in me so that their joy could be complete. That's us, our joy. You can have joy during the trials of your life. I promise you. I've had plenty of them, and I've had plenty of joy throughout my life. I love each of you. Thank you so much for your emails. Even you haters and trolls, it's fine. You just, you draw me closer to the Lord and I actually do lift you up. You're not doing yourself with your kingdom any favors by emailing me because I actually do what I'm told to do and I pray for you. That's what that means. You're on the Lord's radar for good things. I love you. Have a good night. Till tomorrow. Bye-bye.